0: It's I on Real Estate on AM 970. The Answer. AM
1: 970 presents
2: Good morning, everyone. I'm Jody Herman, and you're listening to Ion on Real Estate. And we are the only show on talk radio that is all about real estate and all the millions of things that have to do with real estate, um, which, you know, during this pandemic has really, I mean, real estate was always crazy and wild, and it's always been the American dream. But the pandemic, I just brought it to levels, and I've been in the business a long time that I have never seen across the country. I mean, real estate is just so on fire, and we have very little inventory across the country. It's kind of pretty much the same all over. So it's a crazy time, a great time to own real estate. And I think being in the pandemic, and I mean, I think we all kind of stayed our house a lot and realized how important it really was. Anyway, um, I want you to always call us. We'd love to hear from you with your thoughts. So remember, you can always... Talk to us live or go to our Facebook, buy on real estate, okay, Um, or call us at 866-970-9622. I also always want to thank Citizens Bank because Citizens is the bank that was founded to help citizens like you and me, regular people. not that they don't do big executives, but they do everybody and they give everyone the same amount of time. And, you know, everyone's different. Some people want to walk through it. Okay, but I really think if it's the first time you're buying, a home, you really should spend plenty of time before you even start looking with finding out the financing piece of it because that is so important. Um, and they're glad to talk to you anyway that's good for you or email, or however you like it. Last year, Citizens was the third largest lender in the Northeast. And you can find out information at citizensbank.com or you can call them 24 hours a day, anytime you want seven days a week at 1-800-922-9999. That's 1-800-922-9999. And we really can't say enough to thank um, citizens for their continued support. Um, We love Ace, and uh, unfortunately Ace cannot be here because he's traveling. You know, he runs citizens across the country, so he had to get an early flight. So uh, Steve and I will do our best to help you with your financing questions. Um, but they will be back next week. And, of course, Steven Eber, who specializes in real estate law, and as I told you, whenever you're doing a real estate transaction, you should use a real estate attorney, just like if you're doing a divorce. Unfortunately, you shouldn't use a real estate attorney. You should use a divorce attorney. There specialties, and it does make a difference, and they are one of the top biggest law firms that specialize in residential and commercial real estate. Um, Steve is a partner at Cassin and Cassin LLP, and he has offices in Manhattan, okay, Westchester, Dallas, and Phoenix. So it's Steve and I today. How, how are you, Steve?
3: Good morning, Dottie. Good morning, everyone. Um, always good to be here on this nice uh, fall day, uh, and there's a lot going on in the market, um, and uh, great to be here.
2: I know. I feel like I missed one week, and, you know, I, I'm so used to every Saturday that I feel like it's been a long time since I've spoken to anybody, and it's only, like, a week. Um, I happen to have been at a, uh, uh, an affair I had to be at in in, in uh, San Diego, California, so uh, I'll tell you a little about that. Uh, but you know, uh, I can tell you that the airlines are fairly busy. Uh, I really have, was starting to get a flu or something, so I was sick when I was Getting to the airport, and uh, the seats were all packed, and I ended up not being able to get on time. There was a woman in front of me, Stephen. You couldn't believe it. She was arguing that her luggage—you know, you pay more for your luggage if it's like overweight. Like if you have too much luggage in there, oh yeah, it's too heavy. So the woman's fighting not overweight. All right, I could understand her fighting if it was like three pounds or something, but it was forty pounds overweight. Okay. So she's fighting over that she should be able to not have to pay, blah, blah, blah. And they're entertaining this. And I won't say the airlines, but it's a good airline that I always fly on. And it made me, like, late For I mean, by the time they got to me, they said, well, uh, you can get on the plane, but your luggage isn't going to get on. And I had an affair to go to for the weekend. So if I had no luggage, well, I couldn't go in jeans. Okay. <laughs> So I said, no, I, I can't. I can't. I, I have to have my luggage. So to make a long story short, I couldn't get on the plane. That's how full it was booked, um, and I missed it. And the only plane I could get that night that was anywhere close to uh, San Diego was Las Vegas. So I went to Las Vegas, took a plane to play for Las Vegas, and I said, you know what? I'm only going to be here a night. I've never stayed at the Wynn Hotel. I've seen it, but I've never stayed there. Um, so I stayed at the Wynn Hotel, which is, I have to tell you, I've seen it. It's beautiful. And I'm not a fan of Vegas. I mean, I can take two or three days of it. That's about it. But it, it was magnificent. So I—this is—so it was kind of a work trip. I mean, when it was a lot of work. So I stayed at the Wynn Hotel for a day. Then I had to take some other airlines, which I would never go on normally because I, I'm afraid it's unsafe. But anyhow, I went on some other airlines to take a trip, to take now an airline back to San Diego, because otherwise drive, I would have had to drive six or seven hours from Vegas. Then I went to the affair, which I missed one day, but went, and then after that I went back to Beverly Hills. Um, I drove back from San Diego to Beverly Hills, because that's where Douglas Sullivan, we opened our first office in Douglas, in Douglas Sullivan in California, in Beverly Hills, and I wanted to see some of the people that I know there. And uh, they're markets like ours, Stephen, crazy.
3: Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, there's really, really, we're at an interesting point. There is a lot going on, a lot of people who are having, both having a chance to really digest where their business is going. COVID also, people who realize there's a good balance of inventory. They always want to make sure you have the right kind of inventory. And, you know, there's a little bit of concern over some inflation and rates, And if you're going to make a longer term decision, if you can lock in certain economics, it's a great time. I mean, I I can't even tell you the rates that I'm seeing for certain clients. Um, It's really phenomenal. And if one of the messages that comes across, I've said it before, but I'll keep on saying it till I'm blowing the face. You live with your monthly payment, not with your purchase price. And personally, I would say you know, get in if you're looking, even if it's not the perfect property. You know, get it, make your change later on, but get these incredibly attractive mortgage rates because they really are um, almost, in my opinion, like a once in a lifetime time period. Yeah,
2: you're the money. Um, Last year, when we were we were pretty much I don't think we were on lockdown, but it was the winter, and I think the restaurants were open again, but you know, you had to sit outside. And let's face it, in 20 degree weather. Uh, maybe some for some people that's fun, but not for me. So I stayed in Florida and um I happened to look at the markets in Palm Beach and in and, and, uh not that I want to move there, but I just happened to be there and I saw Miami and can I tell you, Stephen, they're up like I know people who bought there last year. The prices last year they're like oh they're up like I would say like they're up at least thirty, forty percent from last year in many places.
3: I'm not surprised. And you know what? The thing is, there's quality, right? And there are certain fundamentals that drive every business and every industry and, of course, real estate. And the key thing is if you look at those fundamentals, you might have a good day, you might have a bad day. But fundamentally, if the fundamentals are there, that's where the opportunity is. You know, you're not really – you can – you can grow computing power, right? You can have a faster computer. You can have a more powerful uh, phone. But you're really not growing the amount of land that's out there. And so when you have desirable areas with certain characteristics, um, it is a limited commodity. And, look, the population it, it keeps is, on growing.
2: I think everything's limited. You know, Stephen, I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm sure you probably know people. I know people that are having trouble getting cars now. Um, the thing. Like well, if that's, somebody you says, know, well, it's, I had it's a great,
3: Yeah, it's a great point right? to I bring mean, up.
2: What do you feel is going yeah. on? That there's a shortage?
3: So, yeah, I think there's a couple things going on and this translate a little bit into real estate as well. Um, but what happens is, is there's different parts to everything, right? You need your raw materials, you need to have your manufacturing plants, and and so far, that's okay but the problem is when it comes to cars um most of the chips that we use in cars and there's a lot of computing power in your car it's not like the cars of old most of the semiconductors that are used come from taiwan and the chips from taiwan come by boat and they go in through the port of los angeles and if you follow what's going on at the port of los angeles Since, really, July 4th to now, the number of ships in the water and the number of ships and the number of days they have to wait to actually dock and unload their cargo has increased tremendously from a couple of days to about three weeks. And there's a backlog in unloading. And then what happens is even if they're unloaded on shore, they need to to get on the truck and be distributed. And there's also a shortage with drivers because what happened was a number of drivers did retire during COVID and the schools were not operating in the same way. And so they couldn't train the new drivers to replace them. So even though there's no issue at the manufacturing plant, there's no issue in the technology, there's no issue in the raw materials. They just can't transport it there. And it's an important thing to remember, you know, Even if you have 90% of what you need to make something, if you can't finish it and get it there, you still don't have it. And that's what's causing a real shortage in uh, cars right now.
2: Yeah, I think there's a shortage everywhere. Um, You know, I was at a a birthday last night, and people are starting to get out again. And people are having, I think, I've seen people having like small, smaller but, you know, functions where you know, little like birthdays and little things that they weren't having at all, um, not usually as large. And I was at one of the major restaurants in the city that I frequented plenty before COVID. And as I was getting dressed last night, Steve, I said, holy crap, I don't remember the last time I got dressed. I don't mean dressed. I mean, when I wore things like for anything like that, it was dressy because, you know, but this city is like coming back and uh L.A.'s coming back. And uh, so I went to this, you know, affair. There was probably about 75 people there. And um, they were some guys, you know, these big guys were complaining because everything was delayed. Like the food didn't come on time. And I said, stop complaining. They go, but, like, we're starving. And what had happened is because the restaurant really wasn't that busy all along, they had let go of a lot of help, and now they didn't ha- and now people are coming back, and they didn't have enough help so it's going to take a while, you know, but the good news is things are starting to happen again, and I saw the same thing in l a we had to make reservations like well in advance to get into any place and um, the East and the West Coast have a lot of similarities, and so I just wanted to make sure that I told you that I, I while I was in L.A. I thought it would be a good idea to have um, um, one of oh, two of our top LA agents, um, California agents, just give you a thing on what's going on in the coast because usually, usually when it comes to real estate, I have found that the West Coast is um, probably a little bit more progressive and quicker to change, um, but they're pretty much in the same shape as we are now, where there's a high demand and there's little supply, and guess what? I'm I'm, I'm sure this won't interest you, Stephen, but. For those who've listened to the show for a lot of years, you know that I grew up with the Barbie doll, and I love Barbie, and I, 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 you know, I grew up with that doll, okay? And Ken, and all the friends of Barbie and Ken, and um, of course, I had to go because of uh, Douglas Elliman listed uh, Barbie's home, and there's a condo, and we'll talk about it later. Um, that is Barbie's house, and the people who invented Barbie made this apartment that is magnificent for Barbie. <laughs> they live there, but, but it's Barbie's. So I went to see Barbie's house, and it was a real treat. Um, it's just beautiful, and the view is beautiful. And as I said, their market is just as busy as ours. It's just differently. Now, they kept on asking me, gee, well, how's the New York market? Steve, you live in you live well. You're in Westchester, correct?
3: I live in Westchester, but I'm in the city but also on a city, every week.
2: You're in New York all so. the day. What are you seeing? Just I'll, I'll give you my read because oh. everyone has a different take on it. But what are you seeing in New York? You
3: know, we're, we're seeing activity across the board. I mean, this week, to just give you a sense of where the deals are happening in New York City, I have deals all the way uptown in Washington Heights. I have Upper West, Upper East, and in the Financial District, parts of Brooklyn, parts of Queens. Um, I mean, really, all over, and it's across price points too. I mean, you have entry-level purchasers for you know studio co-ops, and you have people who are very high end of the market. So what's nice is it's not a singular type of profile of a buyer, right? It is.
2: I think that's great.
3: Young buyers. It's wealthy buyers. It's first-time buyers um i will say it's not i'd say a little bit lower on the and this has been the story during COVID. a little bit lower as a percentage of the international buyers um
2: well they can't come here yet um, I think. Know, that's probably the reason
3: a little tougher think? for them yeah it's a little bit tougher for them and also you know some of the currency issues i mean there's some interesting global issues going on right we had um A lot of other countries had their own turmoil, the ability to get money out of the country. That's been a big issue for Chinese investors. Um, There's been a lot of restrictions in China of getting their money out. Um, So that's been a factor um, over there. Um, But what I will say is what's nice that I'm seeing is there's a lot of people who are buying for primary residence. And that is, in my opinion, your most stable buyer because they're the ones that are going to be living there and demanding services and so forth. So that, that, that's really, you know, great signs all around.
2: No. Yeah. But you know, well, I've been in the real estate a lot of years. And so I would always hear like people, I'm sure you heard this too, Steven. People say, Oh God, just bring me this uh farm buyer that's going to have two cases of cash. Give me that guy who's going to be bringing all his cash from out of the country. When Probably people don't realize New York City, although it's a very international city, the majority of people that buy here are New Yorkers, okay, <laughs> or people that want to live full-time in New York, and um, or people that have kids that are going to be going to school here, and they say, well, you know what, I might as well buy an apartment there, and when my kids get through with college, either they'll either stay in New York and they'll have an apartment or – We'll have a Pierre hair, and we'll come here, you know, on weekends and everything to see plays. But it's it's a fallacy that, it's, you know, if the foreigners aren't here, that the market falls apart. The market is primarily people that want to live in New York or that work in New York. And a lot Absolutely. of people saw opportunity. And, and as, as you I mean- say... People saw opportunity. New Yorkers saw, the smart New Yorkers said, hey, wait a second. This is an opportunity of a lifetime to get a discount in New York City, which is really evaporating as we speak, okay? But it was one of the few places you could so there a discount. So a lot of people also traded up.
3: I, th- I think that's I think. exactly the case. And, 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 you know, it's fascinating to your point on it. You know, the rental market has come back very strong. Um, And what's interesting is you see some of the comments, and there's been a number of articles about it, of local New Yorkers who got themselves a pretty sweet deal on a rental during COVID. And now all of a sudden that really we've all turned the corner, the rents are going back up to where they were pre-COVID. And they're like, oh, no, I can't now afford this great place that I got because the rents are going back to where they were. And this is what I tell folks: you know, you have a window still. You have a window where um, you know prices are still there. I mean, look, there's no. There might be a deal, but there's rarely a steal, right? If you're waiting for a steal, you're never going to find it. I like that. And but you you match that with the low mortgage rates, and it's really you know a a generational lifetime, and to really. I think we have a
2: promotional break. Can we? finish that as soon as I'll come we have a commercial break and then I'd love you to finish that thought we'll be right Absolutely. back you're listening to I am real estate I'm here with Stephen Ebert I'm Fatty Herman we'll be right back after quick break.
1: UX Designer, Peloton Interactive Inc. in New York, New York. Job description, develop and define UX features for web and mobile apps. Design UX features through overall product strategy and roadmap, capturing interactions, edge cases, and the various states of these experiences through user flows, product maps, wireframes, storyboards, and prototypes. Apply an agile approach to design with an emphasis on user testing and rapid iteration. Work with UX researchers to develop test plans and journey maps, user personas, and other artifacts. Understand existing product UX across platforms and Ensure new iterations are executed for a cohesive experience. Support overall product and feature vision. Prioritize project pipeline to execute UX design in time with software roadmap. Brainstorm and evolve feature UX with product manager and wider Scrum team. Build out multi-version comps for user testing. Prototype user experiences and work with UX researchers to develop user tests. Prepare versions based on design critique from peers or from user testing and feature response learnings. Capture all states, edge cases, unhappy paths, and path logic for visual UI design and engineering teams to build out. Evaluate, test, and iterate on current core experiences. Work with product management, engineering, and visual UI design to ensure executed work matches UX vision. May telecommute from any location within the U.S. Resume to Christina.Ellis at job code 49134.00084 Once again, resume to Christina.Ellis at com. job code 49134.00084
0: Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com.
6: Born from the tragedy of 9 11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been honoring America's heroes ever since. This year, the foundation is bringing 200 mortgage free homes to Gold Star and fallen first responder families with young children and to our nation's most catastrophically injured veterans and first responders. Frank Siller connected where America was attacked on foot from the Pentagon to Shanksville to downtown Manhattan, where he retraced his brother's footsteps on 9 11. Thanks to your your support. Towers of Light returned to the Pentagon and Shanksville memorials again this year. For the first time, our country recognized the people we lost to 9 11 related illness through the foundation ceremony. And another first is planned for Veterans Day. Those lost in the War on Terror are having their names read aloud. Honor our vow to never forget. Donate $11 a month at t2t.org. That's T, the number two, and then T.org. T2T.org.
1: It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elliman's Vice Chair, Dottie Herman.
2: Hi, we're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm here with Steve, and I usually call him Ebert or Ebert. And what is the – I always say it differently. Is it Ebert?
3: So uh, it's it, it's pronounced Ebert. Um, no relation to the movie critic, um, but it does help me get a dinner okay. reservation sometimes, well, especially in these crowded same. times in the restaurants. That's great. So because
2: I always, you know, you know, I, I, I never, I always say it differently, and, then I, I, and I, I meant to ask you that. So, but I thought I thought it was Ebert, and I said Ebert before. Now we were talking, and then we got interrupted by the break. You were in the middle of talking about the city, and how there's an opportunity and uh to take advantage of it, and I, and we're seeing the city come back and I'm seeing it from my eyes and i 'm telling you my opinion come back, but there differently i think um, I agree with stephen that you 're seeing all different age groups like um pre pandemic i 'm not going to go to twenty nineteen because twenty twenty we were in the middle of the pandemic, so let 's go to two thousand and nineteen, which is where I would compare it to um the market was so high that really I felt like I was in the suburbs. I mean, really, it was hard for kids to have apartments here, and it was certainly hard for people. I mean, actually, places like Brooklyn, which now is just as high, but all those places stem from the city being so high. And now I think, you know, you you have opportunity to get in, not steal it. And I think that, Stephen, you make a good point. You know, when people hear a good deal – There's very rarely a deal that you're going to steal something now. I mean, you know, I mean, it could happen, but it's not usual. But a good deal and a fair deal. And I think time is running out. Now, Stephen, you were talking before the break, and you were saying the same thing, and now you do a lot of commercial also. And I remember that when I first moved to the city and I started to run Douglas Elliman, I remember that Time Warner, which is – you know, oh, yeah, was kind of the first. Would you say was the first kind of? I don't want to use the word mall, but it was almost like a shopping center, like a mall, like you'd find in a in the suburbs. Yeah. And people well, well, yeah, the people were raving over. Warner oh center. my God, look at this! I mean, because everything was really before that boutique stores and things of like that. And I thought I didn't say a word. I just looked and I said, Well, it is beautiful. But it reminds me of a, a mall on Long Island, like a Roosevelt Field or, a, <laughs> you know, a, a mall that you'd see anywhere or when you go to Dubai. So, then they did Hudson Yards. And I don't know, what was your first impression of Hudson Yards? And Related did that. And I know what Related does usually is successful because uh, they are huge and they're successful. And I went there and how would you, wouldn't you explain the location of Hudson Yards is a little weird?
3: It's a weird location, and I think it'll take a little bit of time. I think ultimately it will be a nice success story, but I think it will take a number of years for but, it to digest yeah but and and, I, and, I, and and well and i think and I think what happens is in Manhattan, if you think about it, we've always thought north south this the island runs very north south right you look at the subway lines, you know right. if, if you have if you live on the upper east side, you're like... Oh, my gosh, what a big deal to go across Central Park and go to the west side. Uh, so that's a whole schlep to get there, right? You think up and down. What Hudson Yards is, is part of a a, a, a part of a thinking and a reimagination of going right-left instead of up-down, right? When you think about the Never growth of
2: the It that way. Um, that's a good and, point.
3: And so people haven't exactly thought about it that way, and, 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 they're, and they're, it's a very ambitious project. It has residential. I'm not sure everyone
2: even. I'm not sure everyone even knows what Hudson Yards is. So, just for our audiences, could you give them an overview on what Hudson Yards is?
3: Sure. Hudson Yards, which was built literally on, it was a platform built on top of the rail yards, is a whole major multi-block development of office towers, of shopping, of. Residential condos to buy, residential apartments to rent. Literally, a mini city inside of the city. It's totally yeah, connected. It's, it's totally part of Manhattan. But you could literally, if you had the right situation, you could live, work, eat all within two blocks. Um, and there was a lot there. But
2: I never have to now, leave. Part
3: of it is, I'm sorry.
2: I said you never have to leave.
3: No, you really. It's its. It's its own. It's its own city. And to me, it is not even—it's not just an interesting and wonderful development, but to me, it's an experiment into the future. And maybe I'm being a little forward-looking on it, but I think this is part of a test and um, of really how we build into the future. We're right now, I believe, at an inflection point where we're tinkering, right? How do we integrate and have smart buildings? How do we have on-site energy and water recycling? All these items, it's being tested and worked out, right? This is sort of like early on with cell phones or early on with other technologies. And that's sort of where we are in real estate right now. And we're going to be seeing real evolution in how we build buildings and how we build areas continue to come over the next few years because there's a lot of technology integration, even smarter buildings making sense, right? It always happens when you have a new technology. You have all these features that are thrown at, at you, and you're like, that's interesting. Oh, that's not really that practical, right? And then all of a sudden, it gets toned back into a real practical use. And I, I think we're yeah, and- see more of a vertical also look in a building. You know, we've had some of these already. Yeah, well, kind look, of New York
2: is a vertical city. I mean, it's not as big as far as width, but when you, you see, everything is timing. Hudson Yards opened kind of right before the pandemic. But to show you the people's belief in the city, as Stephen was saying, KKR bought a majority stake in Hudson Yards. They have an observation deck, and if you ever get a chance and have some, you know, especially, you know, the holidays are coming. It's a great place to go and visit. There's a um, an observation deck that reaches over 1,000 feet, and it's the tallest in the Western Hemisphere. It opened in March of 2020, and obviously we were in the middle of a pandemic, so, you know, it was kind of time-wise not good. But for two days before the city shut down to curb, the you know, that we shut down, Um but it is something to see. And New York Times reported your tickets started $36 um, for an adult. And uh, for children, I think 30 or something of that nature. And it, it, people bought a stake in that. And they bought office condos in 30 Hudson Yards. I'm seeing Hudson Yards, which kind of got delayed because it opened right around the pandemic, really starting to get – Busy, and that is, as Steve said, which I never really thought about, but I think you make a good point kind of experiment because it's not only a mall with beautiful stores, and there's restaurants, and you know, I mean, like fine restaurants and fine dining, and then there are, are like little cafes with wine and cheese that you can drink in, and, and um, there's just everything to do, and it's kind of a destination. Would you call it like a destination?
3: Oh, I think so. I think it's really one of those areas. And I think when you come back, and I'm going to put a little bit of a marker down on this, when you come back and look back historically at Hudson Yards in 5, 10, 15 years from now, and I think where it will even go further and how people view it, it will really be, you know, even more something. Because it's going, it's really just at the beginnings of its evolution, and it did get a little bit tripped up, with COVID and so forth, I think that really slowed the momentum on it. But again, you don't make a long term decision on a short term problem. COVID is a short term problem. And fundamentally, um, you know, it's a really fascinating thing that they put together there. And yes,
2: and um, if you look at related, um, you know, I have no uh, monetary advantage to, to push them, but I think they're one of the best, best, and biggest companies that can talk about when it comes to construction and, 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 and vision and um, changing the way, I mean, they changed where, I mean, I live, you know, um, with Hutch, with, with the, you know, when they did their first center in Time Warner, that really, that area, every, I was new to the city, like I was new to live in the city. Of course, I've always gone to the city, but people said, why would you live there? Why would you live there? There's no schools there because a lot of the city uh, prices are based on how close the school is, um, and you know it's just tour. And now it's really like the place that you know it's like a neighborhood again. It's it's not just tourists, and a lot of the people who are empty nesters, who maybe kids got done with school, moved there, and a lot of people have second homes there. It's just kind of thriving, and I really think that you know related to that first project, and I think Hudson Yards is a second to that. And I think that hopefully for the next couple of weeks, I hope that, because sometimes I think we get too advanced, I would like Steve and myself and Ace to really, the next couple of weeks, just focus in on buying and selling, whether it be um, residential or commercial, because there's so much of it going on, and you have to be quick, and I really think you kind of have to know what you're doing. Um, And as far as you're in Westchester, the Westchester Market Reports came out, and of course, uh, the number of sales in West Texas even surged, the highest level in four decades.
3: Yeah, it's great. I know.
6: As you know our friend Mike Lindell is a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow now Mike has done it again by introducing his new my slippers Mike has taken over two years to develop my slippers are designed to wear indoor and out all day long made with my pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue made with quality leather suede for a limited time Mike is offering 50% off his new my slippers the my slippers are so comfortable that you'll want to Get some for the whole family. 800-651-0798. Use that promo code, Joe P. Or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use the promo code, Joe P. You will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bedsheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. 800-651-0798. Promo code, Joe P
7: attention americans 65 and older the medicare annual enrollment period for 2022 has begun this is the only time to change your medicare advantage plan for a whole year and smart match insurance is here to help do you currently have a copay what about a high deductible do you pay extra for dental and vision are your out-of-pocket expenses just too high if you answered yes to any of these you should call smart match smart match is like having a personal medicare consultant who can help you find plans which include zero dollar copays zero dollar deductibles even zero dollar premiums plus dental and vision coverage for no additional cost having the wrong medicare plan can cost you thousands smart match makes it easy to find the right one with their free smart and unbiased help if you find a plan you like they can even enroll you on the spot the medicare annual enrollment period for 2022 and soon the service is free with no obligation so call smart match today call 800-719-6195 that's 800-719-6195 800-719-6195
5: balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time.
6: I think this stuff works. I don't seem to have the highs and the lows. You know how sometimes you get real slow and low during the day? And I'm a type A guy, so I go a lot. And I'm more alert and it seems like I don't seem to feel famished. And it's not very expensive. And the idea of having that freeze-dried or that nutrient in that capsule... And who's going to eat all those vegetables? You know, most of us don't eat right
2: anyway. So
6: whatever the science behind this, I think Donald's nature is a great idea. And I, I'm going to probably stay with it until I drop.
5: Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code The Answer.
6: Listen
0: to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com.
6: Well, if the last two weeks are any indication, we are in for a treat this Saturday night. We were at Penn State, Iowa, a couple weeks ago. Rocky top for a thriller between Ole Miss and Tennessee last week and now headed back to the Lone Star State.
4: And watching Shane Beamer bring his Gamecocks into town, coming off their first SEC win to College Station
3: up against Texas A&M and still the only team that has beaten Alabama this year.
6: Join us for it this Saturday at 7.30 on your home for college football Saturday night.
1: On AM 970 the answer it's i on real estate got a question call 866-970-9622 here's douglas Elliman's vice chair dottie herman
2: hi you're listening to i on real estate i'm here with Stephen ebert and we are we're discussing the whole real estate market in manhattan um, we will have our special guests from California giving us the market in L.A. Uh, I just you know, Douglas Sullivan, and by the way, you can get all our market reports if you go to the Douglas Sullivan website with, on the market reports. But um, we just got Westchester in, which um, I just said to Stephen, uh, Stephen lives in Westchester, the number of sales searched the highest level in the late, last four decades. And the pace of the market was the fastest ever on record. And the market share bidding was rose to new records. So, Westchester is on fire. And for those of you who are in Putnam, um, all price indicators rose year over year. So, that went up. Um, it set new records for the second straight quarter. Uh, the number of sales rose annually for five quarters straight. Dutchess County pretty much... Same thing. Medium prices rose to new records. I really am, I can give you every county and they're all the same. Fairfield County, uh, median price rose annually to its second highest on record and surged from the same period two years ago. Um, days on market fell to the shortest amount in more than 18 years. And what I was trying to say, and that's why the next couple of weeks we're going to talk about buying and how to make offers and how to get offers to win the, to, 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 get them done and because there's so much competition you really have to know what you're doing but again fairfield county okay is the, the listing is the third lowest level so there's very little inventory and when is and days on markets nothing's gone long so if you're serious about buying something you have to have all your ducks in order you and then, and I and I think it's great to rely on your real estate agent but it's Even better, if you yourself know a little something about the market yourself, so you should go to open houses or have your real estate agent give you some of those past sales and areas so that when your real estate agent tells you, hey, this is a good deal, you don't have to think about it because today's market, if you want to win, you really don't have much time. It's so competitive. So Fairfield again, hit heights that it's never seen. Greenwich, Family, single family home in Greenwich, Connecticut rose to the highest level in a decade for their second straight quarter. So that's on fire. I mean, everything is just on fire. Uh, so therefore, if you're a buyer, you really have to have your ducks in order. And the same thing with commercial. I mean, people are now investing all over commercial. I have a, and, and I think, Stephen, didn't you mention rental before? I have a friend that was paying, I think, $10,000 rent a month. And she paid through COVID because, thank God, she couldn't afford it. And but now her lease is, you know, run out. So she said, well, I'm hoping that you're going to keep the rent the same. And the landlord said, no, I'm raising it to 13000 a month. Now, at that point, she said, we'll keep it. But I'm just saying, I mean, everything is really uh, moving. And I, I, I never, I don't know what you thought, but I don't know, Stephen, when COVID first hit us. I don't. I, I, I. really had no idea I was going to do this to the real estate market. I kind of thought, well, gee, this is going to last a couple of weeks, maybe three or four weeks, and we'll be done with it. Of course, that's not the case. And um, I remember sitting and talking to Ace in, in years that we had recessions and um, bad real estate markets and saying, listen, the American dream is always going to be the American dream. And I would say that COVID made it even more the American dream because uh, I think people have spent so much time in their houses. And I think that now trends, I mean, I'm looking at people not wanting to work every day the way they did. They might want to have work from their house and their office because it's very healthy to be in the office and around your coworkers. You get a certain kind of energy there. Um, but it's nice to have a little extra freedom to maybe have be able to work from home a, a day or two. So I think it's going to be a combination of that. Um, but I, I I don't know, Steve, you've been in the business all the time. Have you seen real estate this hot for the longest time? I mean, it's like totally yeah, crazy all, all over the country.
3: Have, yeah, I, I think there's a few things. I think, one, there is a recognition as to the value of real estate. I think, number two, There is a change in some ways how real estate is being used, as you're pointing out. Yes, there is some of an element for a home office. Yes, also the ability to do some telecommuting. Although my personal opinion, it's it's starting to and there will be sort of a little bit of a reversion back to where we were before. I don't think it will be identical, but I think more and more companies as we get out of COVID will require employees back. And on a personal note, and I know it's not really a real estate one, I'm very concerned for the next generation of workers. They are starting off in a very odd environment of working from home and what kind of ways in which they're being supervised and also trained and watched to be able to meet other colleagues and also grow and get promoted. So I personally think the telecommuting as a main work mechanism for for professional jobs is not a good path overall. I mean, as a law firm, um, we are, unless there's a very specific issue for that that person, you know, we require everyone to come into the office. And, you know, it's interesting, some people have some reservations at points, but across the board, um, people are very happy with that. Um, So it depends a little bit on the industry. But that's, that's definitely something to watch. Um, and look, again, we're reimagining buildings. You know, we went through something like this in the city. For those of you who are familiar with and you I know Dottie, you know this very well, um, under the Ed Cox administration, there was a lot of mm. warehouse space that was really obsolete that was converted really into artist lofts. We have these, what we call the loft laws, allowing former commercial to really be artist residence, um, or hybrid studio work-live places or, or just regular apartments, depending upon the building. And I think we're going through another one of these moments where we're sort of reimagining space in a new way and retooling buildings. So, right, we're seeing data centers. We're seeing last-mile distribution centers, right? One of the stories that we see is, you know, companies like Amazon taking over, Unsuccessful Absolutely. malls or maybe there was an old Sears for distribution. So we're at a very interesting point, and real estate's critical to that conversation.
2: Right, and I just it's just for just for so information sake, you know, New York City, the average discount or the change in price from the first list, like from what is listed to actually what it's sold for was only 5%, which was really nothing. And there were 41 contracts signed last week in Manhattan at 4 million and above. Now, in one week in Manhattan, there was 41 contracts that's on, on listings that were over 4 million. So you know that people that have money are believing in it. Luxury condos accounted for 34 of last week's high-end deals. So 34 of the 41 that were over 4 million luxury luxury condos um and collectively that was worth 328.8 million and uh, the most expensive deal went for 32 million um and change by robert a stern a 25 unit building on the you know a 45 and i could go on with all these expensive properties not that i think the majority of us can afford them but the fact that when you look at a market, any market for that matter, and you see people are spending money like that on, then, you know, it's a very good indication that they believe in the, in the area. People just don't spend millions and millions and millions and millions of that. Um, and I can tell you when you see that, you know, because there was a lot of controversy, will Manhattan come back? Is it not going to come back? Is This, that. And of course, you know, no one no one knows the future 100%. But I always said, put my money on Manhattan. Um, Manhattan homes recorded their busiest third quarter in the last three decades. Okay, so in 30 years, in the last three decades, condos widely well, really dominated the sales, but it was the busiest third quarter in three decades. Now that, to me, is an amazing number. And if you go back in some of our shows, people were like, you know, even, you know, nobody knew. Everyone's like, will it come back? Will it won't? Or, you know, and I said, well, look at 9-11, you know, and after we had, and what, what about uh, Hurricane Sandy when, you know, it was kind of wiped out? I mean, it always came back. It's very resilient. And um, I think it's going to come back a little bit edgier and a little bit younger, which I think is a good thing. Um, but boy, is it busy! You talk to anybody in Manhattan, and it's busy. But it's like busy all over the country. Uh, so if you're looking to buy in Manhattan, and I, I, please, Stephen, add in, because uh, a lot of people left during the pandemic. They're returning to their offices to reopen, and you know, schools. You know, people are in school again. And if you, you know, you don't want to miss out, so my tips on buying in manhattan and probably any place is kind of if you can know what you want like you know don't be all over the map trying to look at a million different things kind of hone into an area or two that you want um and using a broker that it will simplify and speed up your search um be the first in the door so you know there's not a lot of inventory So if your broker calls you up and says, look, something came out, it just came out, it's what you're asking for, or there was a price drop on something that you looked at that might have not been affordable for you, don't wait. And therefore, that's all about knowing what you want so that you can act quickly. Uh, It's worth the time, and it's worth the time, it's work, but it's worth the time So if a broker says something just came out to get in your car, however you're getting there, and go see it immediately. Uh, things don't last, inventory, you know, be the first at the door. I think you should be prepared as a buyer. Um, have your paperwork ready, you know, have all that stuff, you know, what you here, we will talk about again, have your commitment letters, have your credit all have been, you know, do that all ahead of time so that when you do find that property, all that paperwork is done, and you can act quickly and the buyer, the seller, will know that your offer is, you know, legit and that it's all been done, that you don't have to wait for all these approvals. Um, if you're renting, also get letters of reference, you know, you know, get your letters. Um, are they asking for vaccination things or do you know about anything? I don't know. Somebody well, said that. I've They sure are, but I, I,
3: if I can, before we get to that I want to make one comment on things, and, and, I, and I agree with everything that you're saying, Donnie but i also would be remiss because election day is coming up and regardless of whoever one supports one really needs to bring into the conversation uh, of best interest and future for the city and i know one of the conversations that around to is is livability in the city and and new york city is truly an amazing city and blessed to have be from new york and and to be working in new york um, But what's so important, and for all the citizens, regardless of who we support, to really hold the politicians accountable, to really manage the city well, and to make sure that things are uh, really running appropriately. Because that, I think, is a critical piece that has not always – we've had wonderful mayors, we've had not-so-wonderful mayors, and that, I think, is critical to the success. All the elements are there for success, but we need a good steward. Uh, there for the city.
2: Um, I, you know what, Stephen, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, um, you know, I, 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 think people got annoyed at me. And this is a while back that I went on a show, uh, one of the shows at uh, TV, and I talked about real estate. And they asked me about Manhattan, and I said, "Look, it's coming back, and never bet against it. It's, it's. There's no, no place in the world like New York City. However, you guys, whatever your preference is, you need to go vote." you need to have a say in the city because if the city and the infrastructure, if the roads are a mess, if it's not safe, if they don't collect garbage. So there was a time in the city that I came back and I'm like, oh my God, the mayor cut the garbage and it's like instead of every two days, it's three days and it was piled up all over. So it's important to have someone who knows how to run a city and I'm not somebody who gets into politics and I don't think Stephen is trying to be into politics either. What we are saying is, that it's important to vote and hold the politicians who have the jobs, okay, hold them responsible for making it. Because everyone, part of what you what you buy when you buy anywhere is you buy a quality of life, a way of life. And that, that's, um, that's
3: exactly it. Yeah, this is not about who you vote for, which political party, anything like that. This, this is a much bigger comment. It's a matter of we have people, we have New Yorkers who are amazing. We have people who are local, people who move from other parts of the country or from other parts of the world. And they make such an investment of not only money, but talent and of themselves. And we need to have a government that respects and responds to that. And and, and to recognize also that on the one hand, we know that, look, if you're looking for the cheapest place in, in the country of the world to live in, it's not the cheapest. Although I'd argue,
7: don't well, come to New York.
3: than some other big cities, too, right? Um, but what I would say is that people understand that it's a matter of providing the right services and value. And that, and that all ties in back with, with the real estate market. Um, and, you know, just given the time of year, um, you know, it, it's important that people stay involved and um, participate.
2: And remember, when it's, when you're buying a home or your rent, it's a lifestyle. It's not only the actual structure. It's a lifestyle. So you're buying into you know the safety, the convenience to transportation, um, the social life. I mean, it's it's a lot of different things.
1: I on real estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.
0: It's I on real estate, on AM nine seventy the answer AM
1: 970 presents
2: We're back, and uh, by the way, uh, we have an abbreviated show today, which I forgot to mention, so the show is only on until 1130, so if you have any questions, I'll have to get them in now, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to announce, as I said, I just came back from Beverly Hills, and um, I was instrumental in the opening our first office there, and I, I can't remember how many years, and I, I'm, I'm so lucky to have... Uh, Two of the top, top people in uh, L.A. that work for Douglas Ellman. So tell us a little bit about the, the California and L.A. market because the coasts are the coasts. And there's nothing like New York, L.A., and in many ways they're different but a lot alike. And so it's a privilege to have Scott Siegel and his partner, Carrie Lewis, and they are, um, they're icons in the real estate industry. In uh, LA, and I, I, I want to say a thank you for being on our show. Um, I'm glad you're here. I know it's very early for you to have to get up, but thank you, uh, guys. Can you tell us a little about what's going on in on uh, 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 on our opposite coast? Um,
8: uh, Good morning, Daddy. Day- uh, our market's insane right now. Um, Carrie and I uh, were going through some of the numbers this morning, um, and uh, everything—it it looks like a lot of things volume-wise—it just doubled. Um, as far as like dollars and cents, and it's up, you know, thirty to fifty percent unit-wise too. So, um, in almost every area that we deal in, um, which is—and uh, this is compared to last year—so it's it's an absolutely Um, crazy. And then also there's very little inventory, which isn't helping either. And when there is inventory and it's any good, it goes out with, you know, two, five, ten offers on it. It's been um, challenging. If you represent buyers, it's, it's it's pretty hard right now, but um, we're, we're doing, we're doing a little business.
2: um, Whether you're in New York or you're in LA, uh, what we were talking about prior is, Hey, if you want to win, if you find a property that you like and you want to get it, you've got to be prepared. So we were giving uh, buyers tips on how they should be prepared to be able to get that property since there's been multiple offers. And the inventory pretty much, it's one of the few times in, and I've been in the business a lot of years, too many actually, but it's one of the first times that I've seen that every market in the United States seems to be the same low inventory uh, a, a high demand, uh, the demand's bigger than the, the supply. And so when you have the demand bigger than su- supply, you have what I would say is the seller's market. So guys, can you tell us, you know, I, I, I'm going to talk a little about the Barbie house because I, I love that. And I, and Scott listed that house and I just want to give you a few tips, a little about it. Cause you know, I love Barbie, but aside from that, which we'll talk about in a minute, would you want to give tips because they're no different, I think, in New York than they are in LA? What, what what advice would you give somebody who's looking to move, relocate to LA, or buy something in LA, or upgrade, or or what what tips do you have for buyers today in this competitive market that we're in? I think
5: that what we're seeing, is, yeah, what we're seeing in um, in Los Angeles. Uh, because to Scott's point with the multiple offers, working with an agent that is really familiar with the Los Angeles market and probably your local market and the agent community is really important because there is such a few number of agents doing most of the business, I think is really key. Um, Most of the uh, transactions that we're doing are cash transactions and, and obviously not everyone can write a cash offer. So if you are someone that can't write a cash offer, what we're doing for buyers that are that are getting loans is having them go through the underwriting process in advance of writing an offer. So we have buyers that there are some lenders that will underwrite a loan in advance subject to clear title and appraisal, and you are able to write an offer that does not have a loan contingency. And sometimes without an appraisal contingency, depending on what your down payment is, you can compete with a cash offer And with a really um, strong agent, we're seeing um, offers getting pushed through with, you know, 14 offers. You're not the cash offer, and you're still getting accepted. So I think that that would be, like, my biggest tip to someone that isn't a cash offer um, is going through that underwriting process in advance in Los Angeles anyway.
2: Right. And so what we're saying, I think, you know, the advice is no different anywhere is, you know, if you can't compete with cash, and the reason people like all cash is there's really no contingencies, and a contingency means, like um, if you have a contract that says, um, this, you know, I agree to the price and the terms of this deal, however, it's based on me getting a mortgage. So getting a mortgage is a contingency. Uh, so if I were a seller and there were two offers, and one was all cash, and one had a contingency that, well, gee, this is dependent on me getting a mortgage. Well, obviously I'm gonna take the one that's not dependent on a mortgage. So I think what Carrie's saying, which is really great advice, and I think I said it in the beginning of the show, be prepared. Have pre approval. Uh, which is very different than a qualification. A pre approval means that you have been approved for a mortgage up to this you know, up to a certain amount and the only thing it, it's contingent on is the appraisal of the house that the bank sends. But you know if you are pre-approved it's it's and you don't have a contingency on financing mean, meaning that I'm not I'm going to get a mortgage but it's not contingent on me getting a mortgage meaning I'm going to get this house whether I get the mortgage or not and if you have a pre-approval obviously you have the the, the assurance that the bank has approved you of that amount of money so that's really a really smart thing to do before before you even make an offer because, as I said, it's competitive. It's so competitive.
8: Um, mm-hmm.
2: Are you seeing, guys, are you seeing what we're seeing in New York, like all different ages? Are you seeing, uh, like, just the whole the market at every level? Or are you seeing uh, people trading up? What, do you, what are you seeing as far as who's buying?
8: It's a mixed bag. Uh, frankly, um, I'm surprised at how many under-30-year-olds are writing um, Full price plus offers cash on um, on a eight million dollar houses, ten million dollar houses. It's it's um, it's pretty amazing, and and they're buying them and they're closing. And can you
2: speak a little louder? I'm just having a hard time hearing. Sorry, hang on one sec.
8: Is this better? Is that better?
2: Yeah, a little better. Yeah.
8: Um, yeah, I was just saying that um, I'm I'm surprised at how many under thirty year olds are writing um, these offers cash on houses that are. You know, eight, 10, 15 million dollars. It's, it's crazy that, um, that age group has that much money, but they do. And, uh, we're seeing all different ages, more so, um, on the, um, on the higher end, um, and lower end, but that they all have so much cash. And that's why it's such a competitive market because you've got your Bitcoin people, you've got your tech people, and they're all very young and they're all investing in real estate.
2: You know, it's funny you should say that. When we had, the, I guess it was the recession, maybe it was 2007, 2008, and I would be reading articles, and it would say the American dream is dead, and people, are, the younger people, are not going to buy because they saw their parents lose money, um, which was totally BS, and I said it then. And when you're seeing such young people, I just want you to know that this. This generation, as we speak, it's the biggest transfer of wealth in any generation, Um, meaning that the parents are leaving these kids. I mean, I'm not saying that some of them haven't earned it themselves, but also their parents have, have worked hard and have money and are also lending money to their kids. So really, when you're in a competitive market, you really have to be prepared. Um, And, Carrie, that's the best advice I can give anybody, whether you're in New York or whether you're in L.A., uh, you need to know what you want, know how much you can afford, be able to, you know, compete with a cash offer if you're not going to pay cash, and say, I have a pre-approval, here's the paperwork, this means that the bank has approved me of this amount of money, so you then don't have to put that in as a contingency of, like, gee, what if I don't get a mortgage? Uh, do you see this going on, year, guys, uh, next year? How, old do you, you know, do you see the market leveling off? What are you seeing as far as going forward?
5: I think we feel like uh, the other thing I think we're seeing is a lot of big life changes, right, like a lot of empty nesters moving across country, people making big job changes, life changes, and, you um, it feels like that probably will continue into next year. I think because there is such a um, small amount of inventory, and um, uh, a lot of people, you know, are, are who haven't been able to get into something this year, are still going to be looking next year. It seems it seems likely that this will continue into next year. I think that interest rates and, and what happens with that will have an impact on. How much appetite there is for real estate because of course that will change what the payments end up being which you know has an impact on affordability but um at the very you know the very worst case it seems likely to me that it would level off just a smidge i, I don't know that it would be the projectile that it was you know this year i mean year over year in west hollywood i know it was like essentially like double volume over last year and last year was our best year we ever had so um, oh, well, since I've been in the business for 20 years. So, I mean, I, I think that, um, we fully expect next year to be just as busy as this year. I think, Scott, you'd agree. I agree with you. I mean, again, we're not,
2: uh, we, nobody can predict the future, but I agree with you. And there's a big difference also. If you go back to, um, 2007, um, or 2008, I'm trying to remember what year that we had that recession people were buying no money down um so if the market dropped a little bit you know they they had completely financed everything and now you're seeing people have you know either all cash or they put a decent down payment the banks aren't just taking anybody like in 2007 you could get a mortgage they would say well how you could it was called stated income they'd say well how much do you make and you can make up any number you want and as long as your credit was good, they approved you for a mortgage. So the house mm-hmm. didn't have as much equity. Now when people are buying, there's, they're putting a lot, lot of money down. So they have equity in a property and you know, that can withstand a small drop. But I'm with you. I see it continuing. Um, I see the demand for housing continuing. And do you really think that COVID had any, do you think COVID had any, any uh, play in that? Do you think that? That this booming market—I mean, it was. Let's go back to 2019, pre-COVID. Um, do you think that COVID made people even want homes more, or they were in their own home for a long time and they couldn't get out, and they said, "Hey, you know what? It's time for a bigger home," or let me try to trade up. What do you think? COVID played an por- any part in that in, in the demands that we we see all over the country.
6: Absolutely. Yeah, I really do. Uh-
8: yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> it, it was you do? When, when we when we were in 2019 and um, I'm
2: not hearing was, you, so uh, I, I don't know. Uh, if Yes, yeah, that's you better. Can,
8: you can't hear me. Is that yes, better?
2: now I can.
8: Sorry about that. Um, when in 2019, the market was pretty much on fire. And then when um, the pandemic happened, uh, it paused for a minute and we were all kind of, uh, you know, panicking because we just thought the market came to a complete halt for a couple months and then all of a sudden everybody started to kind of reassess their needs, realizing that, you know, this is going to be going on for a while. So people needed more space. People needed um, people wanted to get out of LA or whatever city they're in. People wanted to um change. People were spending a lot more time at home. So there was a lot more um, people having families and, you know, it, there were so many different reasons why people needed to change their living situation. So um, it got, increasingly busy and then just basically is now spinning out of control in a good way it's just it's it's because there's so much So your needs change completely when you're when the world situation changes completely so um that's what we're finding I think you agree
2: yeah no I, I was seeing that across the country I, I was just seeing that the demand for homes and I you, you know I always believed in the American dream and I think that you know, home ownership was always important to people. It's the American dream. Um, I think COVID kind of gave people <laughs> – you know, they had time to be in their homes for so long, and so they saw a fall, so they said, let me take the trade up. And if you obviously bought during COVID, the prices were down. But now, um, I don't know about you, New York's still a little off from the peak, which was 2019. Um, is, is, is 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 LA Beverly Hills back to 2019 levels?
5: Oh, we're well above that at this point. We're we're well above. Yes, 2019. definitely. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I would still say LA. I mean, LA is you know comparatively, I think from a world perspective, still a value because you can get still buy land here. You know, if you're comparing what you can buy for two or three or eight or ten or twenty million dollars here, you can still get a piece of a good piece of land in a you know, really great location with world class restaurants and hotels and a view and a beach and, you know, weather and all of it, you know, right within 20 minutes of, of where you are. So, I mean, even though the prices are, are considerably higher than where they were a couple of years ago, I still think that that LA is, is in some respects undervalued from a world perspective, and and it's interesting to see kind of where this will go over the next five years. Well, oh, I, I I give up. I,
2: you know and again, uh, you know the, I always try to tell people the difference between the stock market and real estate, and there's a big difference. Very rarely. I mean, a stock, you could buy a stock today at X amount of money, and the next day it could be worth half of that amount. Real estate doesn't operate that way. I mean, you're not going to find that the next day your your investment is half, um, unless there was some world catastrophe or something like that. So I, I think that, and plus, the millennials are the largest population we have now. And the millennials and yours and and, and, Adam, and the generation after that um, believe in home ownership, want to buy, and don't want to wait. And and again, we won't have time today because we have an abbreviated show. But what you said, Terry, is so true. Uh, we will talk about it on another show that sometimes it's easier to or cheaper to buy land and then build, uh, and which you can also do. But I think that the LA market is on fire, and it's uh, you know I I don't you're not discounted at all anymore. I mean New York still you could still get deals a little bit under what you could in 2019. I don't I don't see that in LA, but I just see a vibrant market. And how is the best way to reach you guys if people want information and want to find out some information uh, and talk about some parts of the market? What's the best Way to reach you by email, by text, what's the number? Why don't you give us your information?
5: Scotty, you want to give What's you...
8: Okay.
5: that?
2: You, yes?
5: I'll, you, yeah, you can yeah, reach um, my text um, for me is 310 435 5714. 310 435 5714? Uh-huh. Yeah. And, okay, uh, and
2: we'll post we that for you. Uh, you know, So if you didn't get it or you're driving, we don't want you to have a car accident. So if you didn't get it, we'll post that. Um, and, you know, you can really hone in on the market before you actually get to L.A. and start to get information and be knowledgeable about it. And as Carrie and Scott both said, uh, take advantage of doing all of your paperwork and getting all your ducks in order before you do make a bid. Um, but yeah, I yeah, love LA. And if, if I didn't know. have family, that's where I'd be. <laughs> and oh, or by the way, just as a, a side note, um, I was able to uh, go to Barbie's house. And Scott, could you, I mean, I love Barbie. I grew up with Barbie. And Scott, could you tell us a little about that? Um, yeah. Which is yeah. A pe- the uh, penthouse, which is the listing that you currently sure. have. Uh, sure. In Century Towers. Would you tell us a little about that?
8: Yeah, of course. Um, first of all, it was good to see you. And second of all, um, the penthouse that we have listed um, is basically um, – it's it's a one-of-a-kind kind of bespoke it one of a experience. its is I can
2: <laughs> tell you is, oh, okay, because uh, it's hard to explain. The views are fabulous. I mean, you could just – the views are fabulous. It's, it's just a unique property. It's just magnificent, and I see tons of properties, and I just think this is so special. So I had to go see it, it really and uh, I love it. And again, if you need any information on California or in LA and Beverly Hills, Scott and, and Carrie, they're, they're tops in the field, and I will send out their phone number and uh, their email. So that you can get a hold of them in advance and get any information you need so that when you get there you're prepared. Guys, I want to thank you for getting up so early. Thank you, <laughs> thank you
5: Dottie, for I, having I that. really
2: appreciate it. Yeah. Is there any last minute tips you want to give anybody? Uh, <laughs>
8: hurry up before there's nothing come left. To LA They're <laughs> yeah, LA, laughing LA, because LA, they do I, this I, I, in I, their
2: usually. sleep. And, you know, sometimes when you're on the radio, we've been doing this all for years, so it's kind of like second nature. But what might yeah. be something simple to us um, is not. I am telling everybody it is a very competitive market. So do your homework ahead of time. Work with a top broker who is, you know, I know that brokers will say we can take you anywhere, but I'm with you, Karen. I think Find the broker that does that area that you're looking for that's really on top of things, and then interview them. And also make sure that you have a rapport with them because I think that's really important also, that you feel like you have a dialogue and you feel comfortable with them. And get your pre-approvals, your paperwork, everything in order, and then go with the best. And, again, yeah. thank you so much for joining our show. Um, thank you. I hope I'll see you soon, but I hope you'll come to New York. Oh, we'd love that. Well, that everything's opening back up. We'd love that.
8: We really would.
2: I definitely am looking forward to seeing both of you. And thank you again. And thanks for being on Real Estate. And by the way, for our listeners, we'll post all the numbers so that you can get them and you can reach uh, those guys if you want to find out any information ahead of time. Thank you and have a great rest of the day. Thanks, Dottie. You too. Thank you. Thanks so much. Bye. I'm telling you, I was there and I, I just, uh, I love LA. I think it's, uh, just a great place. And, uh, I, of course, wherever I go, I look at real estate because I love real estate and I'm always interested in it. And uh, they're experiencing what everybody's experiencing, low inventory, uh, prices are high, low inventory, a lot of competition. And again, when there's competition, you've got to be on the money. You've got to be prepared. You should know your market and have all your paperwork. And that's really what I want to focus on um, for the next couple of weeks because what I think some people think is just everyone knows is what are the steps? You know, when, you, when you're when you looking at property and you have honed in on, on an area and you then find a property that you like, the first thing you're going to do is what? Make an offer. Okay, so you're going to go through your broker and you're going to make an offer on the house. Um, now, Stephen, in different states, they do it differently. You know, I found that in Long Island and, and some of the other states, they, they kind of do a binder and they sign some early agreement. In New York, they de- definitely don't do that as much. They just go to contract. What would you suggest that they do immediately when they when somebody puts an offer for the house um, and they make an offer, and let's say their offer is accepted. You have got so, to have your attorney a, already. That's, an,
3: that's a terrific question. Unfortunately, with the shortened show, we're just running into the end of our time. But I think that is a great way to start next week because, you know, real estate. Would you, would you cover that? Thing, you know, you know could we cover
2: it. that next week, Stephen, on what to do, how to pick that attorney ahead yeah, of time?
3: Absolutely. yeah and I have Because we'll of, that, next that is week. so important. Have a Wonderful week.
2: Have a wonderful week, and uh, we're signing off on Ion Real Estate. We'll be back next week with our full two hours. Have a great weekend.
1: Ion Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank
0: N.A.